Okay, so we're going to talk about immune stuff. I don't know what makes the most sense, perhaps starting with kind of the acute stuff, like what to do when the kids are actually coming down with something getting sick, and then more of the big picture of the long-term immune boosting. Um, I don't know, Sarah, do you use charcoal when your kids ha have nausea? I have not used it with my younger kids, but I do use it with my older kids. Basically anyone who can swallow a pill. Yeah. Um, I haven't yet asked a little kid to eat like a spoonful of charcoal and jelly or something like that. Yeah. But um, I have had success with it um, with my older kids. And yeah, we, I will say though, like we don't get the stomach flu very often. Mm -hmm. um yeah I don't know I don't know why I've definitely got a couple kids who put everything in their mouth but um I can I think there's more to it than that though I think that um you guys eat regular meals at kind of regular times and it's pretty oh, balanced yeah. and I do think that makes a difference I don't know I've never thought about that um I do know that I've had I've had I feel like whatever it is that I do definitely helps because I almost always have one to four people escape it and I always um I've had we've had at least one maybe two instances in the past where I have one person get it and then we can go you know one time we went six days before the second person fell so I feel like some yeah. of the things I'm doing help mm -hmm. but yeah. are you but bleaching I, the bathrooms and all that because I don't bleach yes, bathrooms but I know that's bathrooms i use hydrogen peroxide which i read was really good for killing mm -hmm. those kind of germs i switch from hand towels to paper towels everywhere in all the bathrooms um we don't have a shared cup in the bathrooms which mm -hmm. is sometimes annoying but it's way way better than you know getting the stomach flu on the regular um i'm trying to think of what else we do the grape juice thing and i don't know if it helps but the kids love it because it's juice right and it feels like it helps. I don't know why grape juice, that concrete grape juice seems, it just yeah. hits the spot. I think it might be the bitterness, the, the tannins or something, because it's not just sweet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like if, if someone, I, I don't know, like I don't think we had it last year or the year before. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. We had, we had two bouts of it in 2019, 2020, that's clear. But I think that was the last time we had a real full-fledged, it ran through most of the people in the house. Not everyone, mm -hmm. but most of the people. Right. So I don't know, every two to three years, we tend to get it, but. Yeah, um, it's not bad for how many people you have. I mean, I was talking to I some. <laughs> Praise God. I so yesterday who basically has a kid throw up like every other week. Oh, and, Yeah. And, and they partly have irregular schedules and irregular eating habits, which I'm sure is a bit, a bit of it, but also she suspects that there's some kind of, uh, like celiac or something. And she wow. has not been able to convince her husband to get the kids, um, totally off of gluten. And I said, well, you know, you're the one that has to clean up all the vomit. So I would just, yeah, I would so, rank that if it were me, but yeah. Yeah. I will add though, that we have a couple who I feel like we do deal with barf more often than we get the stomach flu. We have a couple, they get car sick and we figured out their triggers and how to prevent that. And then we have a couple, one who's old enough now that it's not a big deal, but one who's younger that can get really worked up in their mind and sometimes mm -hmm. make them sick. Um, some kids right. are just 
That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, once you know it, you, uh, mm-hmm. we can definitely expect it and know how to deal with it. And, uh, yeah. So also, I think that's just a really important thing to remember as a parent that just cause a kid throws up, it doesn't mean a stomach flu is imminent because the stress of that, the yeah. stress of assuming that a stomach flu is imminent does not help. And really like a lot of times when kids throw up, it's just a one-off. They just, yeah, they got worked up or it was residual car sickness. I've had kids throw up after we got out of the car. Like they held it together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they throw up once we get out and they're walking around. Yeah. 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 I, I do tend though, like I think I have, at least for my own children, I have a pretty good judgment on this might be the stomach flu versus this is just she had a cheese stick by the time yeah and throwing up for an hour yeah when i do have someone throw up and i think it might be the flu that that's when i just like okay let's wipe all the doorknobs let's get the paper towels out let's do as much as i can to you know prevent people from getting it or getting it super bad we've only (laughs) once have we had something that was truly like every hour for every mm-hmm. person for like do you also make your kids stop eating i do yeah i don't let them mm-hmm. eat um even the ones who just have like a you know like kind of a weird one or two things i'll usually like just be a little cautious with food yeah for, you know yeah. four to six hours maybe mm-hmm. um but if you if it's legitimately the stomach flu then yeah you don't, you don't get anything for quite a while but right um, yeah i won't even let them have water or for an hour or two. Yeah. I will say though, the, the time. one time we had it really, really bad, it was, I, I know who it came from. And the person said, Oh, I thought we were done. And it was just that like two or three members of their household had had it and two or three hadn't. And it was such a vicious, nasty, horrible, horrible stomach flu. It was so violent. My four month old got it. And was and woke up choking on her vomit. It was awful. Ever since then, and I, we, I, I actually acquired it at a baby shower, shower, which is also I think kind of cruel. But um, I a baby shower for another person. But after that, I've been very cautious. Like we, if someone, if it's in the house, we just we don't go to mass. I'm not, you know, if it's if it's a, yeah. obviously a stomach bug, we're just gonna stay right. home. And you don't I definitely. Because I have so many people to go through it. If I know of someone else who's had it, um, my rule of thumb is a week from the last person getting it, like the last incident of throwing. Yeah. And I know that keeps me away from some things here or there, but I don't know. It's just too awful. <laughs> yeah. So. No, it's true. I mean, I know my brother and sister-in-law a few years ago, they had a, an especially gnarly stomach bug going through. Um, with some of their friends and they had they were told you know wait a full five days after the last person has thrown up and they went and saw their friends you know had a social event you know three days after and it was not long enough and they all got it and it was and i don't even know i I don't know the names of why some of them are so much worse than others but um but it does seem really appropriate to be compassionate and and conservative about that although i Oh, you cut out. I can't hear you. I think your screen is frozen. 
we got it. So that really reinforced to me the idea of being generally kind of having a robust immune system because this has happened so many times where my kids play with some other kids and they didn't get something and the parents specifically followed up feeling guilty saying, oh, if I had only known we wouldn't have played, played together and, and nobody got sick. Interesting. But, um, but I do think as far as I understand about immunity, if you're stocked up on, if you've been eating tons of vitamin C, if you've been pounding fruit, if you've been getting enough sleep, if you're drinking lots of water and everybody's giving lots of affection, you know, your immune system can be in tip top shape, or maybe you've just already had that one. And three months ago or something, you know, and maybe some, in some families, the kids do seem to get sick much more often and much longer. And so I feel like the overall immune health of the family is just not very strong for whatever reason. Um, but it is often the case in those families that the kids are eating more sugar, they're sleeping less, or they have more irregular hours. And there's just a lot of things that are different that seem to contribute to having less robust immune systems. Um, and I don't know if you can think of any families like that, that, you know, where it's, it's hard to untangle the factors, but you can see that a lot of things are different that are probably contributing. To the kids yeah. Together. Yeah. I, I, I definitely think, I don't know if I've thought about it in terms of the stomach flu as much as I have in general immunity mm -hmm. terms, but I do feel like, um, that I, I think, or I hope that the, you know, just amount of sleep and, and routine tends to lend to itself to a strong immune system. Mm -hmm. but, I think also having, a, you guys have kind of quiet afternoons most days. So if you had a kid that wasn't feeling a hundred percent, they could just go veg and do nothing. And I think that um, getting that preemptive sleep and being able to just rest when you don't feel a hundred percent probably prevents more things than we realize. And I know that happens to my kids where they'll just be like, Oh, I don't feel like seeing my friends today. And I'm like, Whoa, you must be fighting a bug because that's not normal. Um, or they sleep in or they want to just go chill for a couple of hours or they even fall asleep when they're kind of past the napping age. And I, I think maybe that helps them not to fully develop a bunch of illnesses that they get exposed to. I don't know. Um, but we do have the stomach flu thing I thought of first, because it's just kind of the most irritating and somebody was talking about with me recently, but um, yeah, so I put these things on the list. So some of these are for cough and cold like the Sambucol, the elderberry gummies are um, just great if they have a cough or a little bit of a fever, they're just kind of generically sick. And this is the syrup form. My kids prefer the gummies now that we move from syrup to gummies. They very much prefer that. There's also the Zarbies, which is really easy to find at the grocery store here, which I appreciate. But even the Sambucus you can find at the grocery store or CVS. I just put it on an Amazon list because that's the easiest way to share it with people. And then they could just order it all and have it delivered to their house in a couple of days if they didn't feel like going out. Um, the sodium ascorbate is a, a form of vitamin C that's gentle on your digestive system. So you should not get the runs from it. And we bought a big jar like this that years ago and we're nowhere near through it. So this has also been great. I know you don't have pets, Sarah, but 
I've put this into water when we have a sick animal. And generally they live. Who knows why? Maybe it's just luck or the power of healing. But um, it doesn't, this does not taste bad. And a high dose of vitamin C can sometimes nip an illness in the butt if you get it very early. And then um, we've got this cough syrup. There's wild cherry bark syrup. You can't really see the label very well. But the wild cherry bark syrup. There's also one called Old Indian Cough Syrup that's a little bit stronger. And they, um, neither one tastes amazing, but, you know, my kids really dislike regular cough syrup, so they'd actually prefer to take one of these other ones. The Sambucus and Zarbis taste okay. Um, but these herbier ones are stronger in my experience. So we'll usually start out with the Sambucus, see if that does the job, and then if they're not turning the corner, within, I don't know, 12, 18 hours, or like early the next day, then we switch to the stronger things. Um, we've got this doTERRA breathe stuff that we put in like the humidifier or a little like mister thing, just to kind of open up, you know, get some of the phlegm out of their head. There's also doTERRA breathe cough drops and for whatever reason they're not on this list. And they're very strong, very minty cough drops. And they, but the kids tolerate them just fine. So it's kind of like an extra powered cough drop to open up your head, which is a nice feeling if you have a head cold. And then these orangey ones, the doTERRA On Guard cough drops, are <clears throat> um, they're stronger for like a sore throat, strep kind of thing. And last time my kids, one of my kids had the stomach flu, I took a bunch of these and I was the one cleaning up her vomit. I was not able to put hydrogen peroxide and bleach over everything and I didn't get it. So I, I just took four or five of these cough drops in the course of the 12 hours I was taking care of her. And uh, yeah, and I didn't get anything. So um, the... Immune C, this is kind of nice if someone is just, again, starting to feel kind of run down. My brothers will all take these. Actually, it's so funny. A lot of guys, I know. I think I know several guys who really like these things. They're little packets. You just put one in water. gives you a little lift because it's got the B vitamins, but it also helps with immunity. But it tastes good. So it's a really easy thing to convince kids to take when they're not feeling 100%. Um, there's the grape juice. This immune thing, this children's immune thing from Standard Process, this top middle one, is a general immune booster. It's got vitamins and then like beef organs. And this is what the chiropractor recommended for my daughter who had the non-celiac gluten intolerance, but also just seemed to get sick a little too readily and uh, or run fevers too high specifically. And so we've kept this in the house for about a year now. We gave it to her every day for months now we just give it to her when she comes down with something and you know she has hardly been sick all year when she binged on chocolate at christmas she got a, a nighttime fever for two or three nights and was kind of okay during the day just like low energy and we gave her this stuff and then she was totally fine that's might be the only that might be the first real illness she's had in a year so this stuff works really well i take it when i'm feeling run down now um, colostrum is something I would give kids if they have, if you have that kid that just seems to be catching everything, um, I would give them colostrum, which is just a general immune strengthener. 
and it's kind of it's kind of pricey but i would give it to them for an extended period of time if they just seem to be catching all the things and same thing with liver because it has so much vitamin a and choline um the vitamin A will stock up in your system and help you be more resistant to allergies and just general sickness. And it's just a general strengthener for your body. So um, I feel much less susceptible to illness after, you know, taking liver on and off for a few years. And I definitely, I basically, my allergies went away too. So that was really cool. Um, so my, I know my mom has given my brother colostrum because he has kind of a compromised immune system. Someone was saying her son was on, he was on immunoglobin treatment. That was a, a thousand, two thousand dollars a month. Their insurance was covering, but then when they switched jobs, it was going to be complicated. And she went to kind of a naturopath doctor and, and he said, I think he put him on colostrum. It's kind of a, a pretty high dose for her son who is immune compromised. And um, he's been like that a pretty long time. He was just that kid that caught everything all the time. And she has one other son out of, I don't know, six or seven kids like that. And so she didn't want him to just catch everything all the time. You know, it's, it's a pain. It's tiring. Um, but I think the main thing he's on right now is is a colostrum supplement, just as a general immune strengthener for whatever is going on with him that they haven't really for, fully sorted out. And I've used colostrum with my kids too. Oh, really? Yeah. And I had oh, a, a, a naturopath also recommend it. Mm -hmm. And I haven't used it regularly in a while, but um, I think it helped. Yeah. yeah. Well, the nice thing about colostrum, it doesn't taste bad. So, I mean, you can open up a capsule and put it into a little, you know, tiny bowl of yogurt or applesauce or something. And yeah. it's kind of an easy thing to get little kids to take for that reason. Um, and the golden seal I have on the list because golden seal is like an antibiotic. You know, the midwives, I don't know what your midwife said, Sarah, yours, Irene, but they would say, you know, Treat it with that respect like an antibiotic. If you take it, it will work, but you have to take probiotics afterwards or eat yogurt or whatever. And so um, I've used um, golden seal a few times when I just very suddenly got kind of really sick. Like most recently, I probably used it once since then, but one of the more memorable cases was I was 34 weeks pregnant with my last baby who's five now. And I went camping. So I'm sitting out for the campfire. I'm cold. People are smoking around me. And then there's the campfire smoke. So I came back kind of like <laughs> coughing, tired. Um, and 34 weeks pregnant, probably a little bit anemic. It's that, it's that anemic window. And I was just wiped, like train hit me kind of wiped, which I realized was more than just catching up on sleep. Like I could barely get out of bed. So I suddenly had something like pneumonia. I wasn't coughing very hard, but the level of fatigue was intense. And so I started taking a bunch of golden seal once I realized this, because the alternative was going to be getting antibiotics because getting pneumonia when you're 34 weeks pregnant can put you into labor, which is dumb if you can solve it. Um, and so I you know, took a bunch of golden seal for a few days and then felt much better and then followed it with probiotics and stuff to make sure you're not just cleaning out your gut like you would 
could with an antibiotic. So, um, so I don't, I don't usually go to golden seal as a first thing because it is strong and I don't necessarily want to just come in there with a sledgehammer every time when my immune system would be able to, you know, rise to the occasion. Same thing with the kids. But if we've tried all the, I don't know, the elderberry and the zinc and the vitamin C and the kind of, you know, first line stuff and they're not turning the corner, then I bring in something stronger, especially if there's that cough that, you know, because pneumonia is such a pain to treat. It takes a while to recover from. And I've known enough young people that had real pneumonia, walking pneumonia, really serious cases. I don't want a hospital admission for something I could have just stopped a few days before. So hi, Nicole. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else you guys use that seems to be helpful for your family. Um, this is just, and I'm probably forgetting something that we have around the house in this list, but at least this is some of the stuff we typically have around that we use. Um, Nicole, I was just showing them the Amazon list they, that I have here, but you guys are welcome to weigh in with whatever you guys use. What it what I just you know came in late, so you guys are talking about what to use for for like flus or colds or yeah, colds and and flu things. At first, we were talking about you know charcoal and um, stomach flu stuff, and um. Sarah was saying, you know, she takes all the hand towels out and puts in paper towels and stuff. So there's less contagion and she cleans with hydrogen peroxide, which is actually more than I do. I usually just clean the bathroom with Windex, even if it's puke. Um, but hydrogen peroxide might be better. Or if I had 12 kids, the stakes would be higher and I would probably clean it with something stronger. Um, Dave and I are pretty careful to just not eat if we're feeling yucky. And the older kids also know if there's something going around and you don't feel like eating, do not eat until you feel good and hungry in a normal way. Um, but I think that's probably prevented a lot of it because sometimes we'll have a half day where we just feel a little gross, but if we don't eat and we just kind of sip, sip ginger ale or whatever, and then by the end of the day, kind of feel, you know, start to feel a little bit better. I think we kind of dodge the bullet. Yeah, I and I um I do the same thing with the paper towels, but I when I feel something starting to come on, I've gotten in the habit of um, sipping bone broth for superpower, but uh, even just organic chicken stock, um, I'll drink it like tea, um, and that always seems to help. And I I also use the charcoal. Um, oh yeah, the broth is a good idea, and that's that's um. There's a traditional Chinese remedy for a cold or any any kind of illness that they boil ginger and scallions in water or broth. Obviously, it's going to taste better if it's broth than just drinking that as a tea, but they believe it just kind of boosts your system. Odorless garlic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Propolis for throat complaints. Yeah. And oh, and for coughs, you know, one of the most obvious things to use is just honey. And I read a study not long ago where it said honey actually works just as well as cough syrup. And I'm like, no way. Yeah, we've known that. And our kids dislike cough syrup. So I just give them a lot of honey in tea and then make them sleep on their stomachs because, you know, the position makes a big difference for coughing too. And that has worked pretty well 
you know, for giving them a decent night's sleep, even when they have a cough. And I haven't taken N-acetylcysteine so much, so, but I know it's a big sinus thing, kind of clears out your head, so. I take N-acetylcysteine because uh, I have weak lungs. I was asthmatic as a kid, but I take it just in general, almost like a vitamin, um, not continuously, but definitely in fall, winter, at least like four to five times a week. Okay. Just Break up the mucus. Good to yeah, know. Yeah, just to help with the with breathing. And mm-hmm. The other, um, there's a kind of honey called Manuka honey. And when our dog needed uh, the tips of some toes amputated because she'd gotten caught in a trap for a couple of days when she ran away from home, the vet was putting Manuka honey on her her raw flesh for a few weeks. He'd, you know, open it up, debride it, put a slather this Manuka honey on it. So it's, it's like medical grade antibiotic honey, but it also still tastes okay. So um, we had some friends over and we were making them, you know, tea and hot toddies because they had colds and we were putting that honey in instead of regular honey. And regular honey is it's good for constipation. It kind of soothes your nasal passages and, or it soothes your throat and all that. But the Manuka honey, since it still tastes fine and it has this extra boost to it, and it's not tremendously expensive, um, I've started putting that in the kids' tea if they feel like they're not feeling 100%. So the last time the kids, I don't know, a week or two ago, when some of them were kind of under the weather for a day or two, they just weren't, except for the little girl, the littlest, they weren't really sick. They just kind of weren't 100% for a couple of days. And we were putting that stronger honey into their tea and stuff. Um, so that's been a nice thing to have. I know we also do put it on cuts, like antibiotic cream. It's some kind of plant that it, the bees are eating that makes, that, makes it have that antibiotic properties. So, um, anything else that you guys? I've actually, I don't know if any of you use it. It's called cold calm. Uh, No, it's like the herbal medicines. I've had more luck with kids and colds. Um, It's homeopathic. So it's a company called, I don't know how you pronounce it, Byron. B-O-I-R-O-N. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I, I always use their cold calm. The kids love it. It, it seems to attack colds pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just you put it under your tongue, and also their, I guess, some of their flu remedies if we ever need. Yeah, the, I'm not sure I'm spelling this right. Also, look, conicum or Yeah, that one weirdly works really well. And I don't know, it's like, part of me doesn't know what to think of homeopathy, but the flu thing does seem to work. Um, but also, putting the sugar pills under my tongue gave me the idea that maybe when the kids were sick, I would just give them a tiny bit of regular white sugar when they had the flu to, be, to keep their blood sugar up without adding volume to their stomach and triggering them to throw up. Um, but we do tend to have that. Oh yeah, thanks, Sarah, for spelling it right. Um, we we do often have that one around. 
There's also um, these little Chinese digestive pills for when you overeat rich food or you're just having indigestion, um, to kind of warm the stomach. Um, occasionally I felt nauseous just because I was eating and I was very, very cold. My body was just kind of not digesting and they'll get home and have a bunch of ginger tea and that seems to help. And of course, warm up. Um, yeah, one, one part of the immune stuff that has always struck me ever since I had kids that I did not expect was, um, just how much of a difference it makes when, when I, when I snuggle with them and I'm affectionate. And to the point that now when someone's not feeling under the weather, I'll try to just lay and snuggle them for a while. It's definitely not going to hurt. It helps them feel better psychologically, but it is, it does also boost your immune system to have affection and feel loved. And so it's like, why not? It's free, you know? Um, but it has seemed to me that when I'm more affectionate with the kids that it, it seems to actually boost their immune system. It was more obvious with the younger kids too. Um, when I, we were having more snuggly time, but maybe that's more of a reflection of having a calmer schedule overall. Um, the little kids are pretty good about washing their hands. If anything, they wash their hands. Some of them wash their hands more than they need to and they get super dry skin. So that, that helps. Um, Another big picture thing is just, you know, not letting have kids have too much sugar. But to be honest, we're not super careful about that. It's not like we have a no sugar house and the kids' immune systems are still okay. But there is a threshold, it seems, that if we pass that, they will be more prone to sickness. Like if my husband, he got a bunch of like those Magnum bars because they were on sale at Grocery Outlet and everybody likes them. He thought it'd be fun. But for a couple of weeks, everybody was having like a Magnum bar a day. And then they, then they, they caught a little something. So that was clearly past their threshold. But they, my kids are usually having, I don't know, a piece of candy or something kind of sweet in the course of many of the days of the week. So I don't want to give the impression that we have a no sugar house for the, for the sake of our kids' immune systems. Um, I just try to, we just try to offer them a ton of fruit so that largely they're satisfying their sweet tooth on fruit, not even juice. Um, although, you know, lately we've had juice around too. My, my policy, uh, I'm not a anti-sugar, but it's more of if you want juice with breakfast, then don't be looking for a cookie in the afternoon or mm -hmm. dessert. So it's like choose now. Right. You want yeah. to eat it now. Like if I know where we're going out or going to a party, yeah, you know, yeah. We're exactly. gonna have cake and sugar, then no, don't eat that. Yep. Um, exactly. That's it's great. It's kind of like you can have it, but uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And I mean, that's what adults do, right? We do this kind of nutritional calculus of, well, I'm going to have a super healthy breakfast because I know I'm going to want to eat everything at the potluck at lunch or whatever. And, you know, you want to know that it's kind of evening out in the course of the day. And, and I'll ask the kids, you know, do you have any vegetables today? You know, go eat a carrot out of the, not baby carrots, but like, you know, at least half of a full-size carrot out of the bag or slice them up some cucumbers 
And again, I'm, you know, I'm not super consistent about that either. It probably doesn't happen exactly every day, but it's still good enough. Um, I'm sure I could be doing better, but fortunately it seems to be good enough. <clears throat> and then when they do kind of get off the rails and they've gone through periods where they've had more sugar, if we get off the sugar and then also give them some extra vitamins, um, especially extra probiotics to kind of balance things out, that seems to help too. One thing I know... Um, do you have a probiotic you recommend for kids? Um, I'm sure... I think the standard process vitamins are really good overall. So if I was going to recommend like a, a really awesome brand, I'd probably recommend that. They have one that's specifically for kids. Let's see if I can look it up. And... Um, but practically, if my husband's shopping at Target, he's just going to get probiotic gummies which are still appear to be better than nothing. Um, <clears throat> and then some kids, um, you know, if they tolerate dairy, well, dairy is an option. There's also a probiotic drink. It's like a juice that my midwife suggested I take like after having a baby or something. Oh, maybe just to keep me really regular. So I wasn't pushing with the stitches. I don't remember exactly what, um, or if that's, a common recommendation. So there's a there's a drink at the grocery store, at least here. And okay, I think the one that the chiropractor recommended was this one called Symbiotic. And I'll show the video, I'll show the picture of it. This one. So it has prebiotics, which is obviously chicory, <clears throat> inulin. Um, so that would be that would be like a, a you know a nice supplement. But I I have felt that even the gummy probiotics made a difference with my kids that were getting sick too readily, or my well, my youngest one who was going through that period. The gummy probiotics even seemed to help. Um, so I guess it would come down to whatever the kid's going to take. I know sometimes if you, you know, you don't necessarily want to give the kid extra dairy. And um, every, but if they do tolerate dairy, every kind of yogurt has its own kind of mixture of probiotics. So um, switching it up and, and trying a different kind can mean that, that your kids get a wider variety of probiotics in from their dairy, if they're going to have it anyway. Um so like there were a couple of brands that when I was researching for my friend that was getting UTIs and I think Sarah and I, you and I have talked about this also just independently. There are a couple of brands of grocery store yogurt at like Winco that had the strains of probiotics that were specifically mentioned for um, being resisting yeast infections and UTIs. It wasn't like Dan and it was like the, the Greek gods brand or Hyper optics kids. Okay. Is that a probiotic? Oh, sorry. It's auto corrected me. Um, it's called hyperbiotics. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sure everyone's heard of that. I don't know. Um, my sister also liked his, I mean, she liked this one called the seeking health. I'll, I'll pull this one up. Um, because she said it didn't give her any kind of histamine or gassiness. She liked this one for herself. 
the Seeking Health brand. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I actually agree with her. I just started that one this month. It's the first oh, cool. one, the first probiotic that never annoyed me because I'm yeah. like sensitive to everything and and anything really anything yeah she's she's more sensitive than me so i ask her she's like the canary in my gold mine i'll ask her opinion about supplements because she's a better indicator i mean i'm sensitive enough for my purposes but she'll give me information that i wouldn't get on my own so for instance she we were both taking the same probiotic and it was fine for me it would make me gassy but other than that i didn't notice any symptoms but it if I took the full dose, it made me gassy enough that I was, it would wake me up earlier in the morning that I was naturally going to wake up. So I would kind of be like, hmm. But my friend said it gave her a headache and my sister said it gave her a headache. So that's why she found the histamine X one. But then for myself, since I knew that one didn't give me a headache, I actually went back and took it and thought, well, if it's making me gassy, it's probably balancing me. And if I could just tolerate it, and take it at a lower dose and might as well finish the bottle and see if it does me any good. So that's what I ended up doing. Um, but probiotics seem to be one of those pretty individual things where if you find one that works, you better just stick with it because every formulation is different, but kids are not going to be as sensitive. And, you know, I always remind that the teenagers, if they ask me about this in health class, that just eating more fiber will change your gut flora in about a week. And now, of course, it could also make you very gassy for that week and you want to find the vegetables that agree with you and you're going to have the least impact that way. But it does change, you know, cutting back on the sugar and eating more fiber will shift it really fast on its own because you're just supplying more of the right stuff, which obviously is part of what we're doing with the kids when we're trying to get them to eat more fruits and vegetables and it helps their immune system. Now, little kids, like Irene has a little baby. He's still under one, maybe, Irene? And so you can't necessarily just give a little baby a carrot and have them digest it. Most of it will come right through. Um, so it's a little different for younger kids. Yeah, he's um, he's actually almost 14 months. Okay. And I've actually just been doing a lot. Of, I mean, we just came through the Christmas season, so there's been I, – I tend to be more anti-sugar – but mm -hmm. I like sweet things. Um, so there's been more sugar in the house over Christmas. And he's actually had some, like a little bit of like, um, well, I make it non-alcoholic, but eggnog or something like mm -hmm. that. And it's like, hmm. And I'm starting to see the stuffy nose. But I've also upped the nettle tea and the raspberry tea and the ginger tea. And I mm -hmm. give him diluted portions of mine without honey. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it seems to work right away. Mm -hmm. So I've been pretty happy about that. So yeah. Also, he's building it, you know, he's building a tolerance for all those flavors, which is great. Yeah, I had a thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's probably also getting some through your milk too, but so he's, that makes it more familiar. There's, there's many healthy foods that my kids like that kind of surprised me when they were babies. They liked fish right away. Um, they they really like res, frozen raspberries and cream. So again, there's no yeah. added sugar. They yeah. really like fries. 
Sorry, you cut out there, Jen. I didn't hear that last bit. So many fruits that they like, but also so many treats that aren't that don't actually contain sugar. Yeah, I've been doing a we've been doing a lot of berries and um, sour cream or Greek yogurt. I haven't been able to find mm -hmm. a good brand of Greek yogurt recently, but so I do like the Costco organic yogurt, but it's non-fat, which is like what? That's such a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm mixing it with sour cream is kind of what I've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> down it. Oh my gosh, it's so much of it. Yes, and I you know little kids. I mean, when my kids were your son's age, they ate, they would eat butter off of a spoon. And particularly if you get the Kerrygold, which I could rarely talk my husband into buying, but that has a bunch of vitamin A, vitamin K. It's got a lot of good nutrients that they will then stock up on that will help their immune system. But even regular butter, we would always just get Costco butter, I think helps them to have enough healthy fats and just enough calories overall. Um, stabilizes their blood sugar. And so, you know, one of the things I try to emphasize about the nutrition is there's some nutrients that we'll stock up on over time, like iron, vitamin A, you know, we store those. Well, most of the minerals we can store pretty well. But then there's other ones that we need to have every day because we don't store them very well, like the B vitamins or um, like vitamin C. And so, I think this is why we don't have to be as careful about some things. If the kids are outside all summer, they might not get sick for a month, the first month or two of the fall, even when they're inside, because they still have all the vitamin D. Or if you go through a period where you're getting, eating tons of carrots and pate, and you're taking liver capsules, and you're all stocked up on your vitamin A, and then you forget about it for a couple of months, it doesn't matter, because we can stock up so well. Um. And so when you when when kids go through these weird food phases, I always assume they're trying to stock up on something that they really need. And you know, sometimes I guess what it is, and sometimes I can't really guess. But my my five year old went through a frozen raspberries and cream phase for about a month. I could not believe how much frozen raspberries and how much cream she was eating. It was at least a cup of cream a day that she was going through for a while. But then everyone started to get sick. All of her friends started to get sick all fall and she didn't catch anything. And there, even in, even in commercial cream, there's a fair amount of vitamin A. So I don't know if that had helped her. First of all, she's not eating a sugar if it's just frozen raspberries and cream, but also just to stock up on the vitamin A. I don't know, but she went two or three months being exposed to all of her friends being sick and not getting anything. Um, so I've, I've started to wonder and it would be very expensive to find out, but just how much of that, the the kind of the kid cravings for various foods are helping them to boost their immune system. It's funny that you talk about all the butter and the cream because um, some of us in my family are love to eat a slice of butter, but my little two love when I make them, cause you know, I'm trying to get them into smoothies, but the recipe for both of them is a cup of cream, a cup of yogurt. Now I usually use the Siggy's, mm -hmm. it's not organic because I can get it full fat. Mm -hmm. And I'll use the vanilla usually for them, but I'll use plain if I run out. 
and then a cup of mixed organic frozen berries, mm -hmm. and then usually a tablespoon or two of chia seeds. Yeah, that sounds and like it's a like they, it's like for them it's like eating dessert. Yeah, and, yeah, because it's so creamy. Yeah. Yeah, so it's to me it's like okay, not that we should have heavy cream every day, but I mean I drink heavy cream every day in my coffee. It's just I can't tolerate a lot of sugars. I can't I have SIBO. So my gut I can't break down a lot of carbohydrates. Right. So you need the fat for your calories then. Yeah. So I yeah. I kind of got into heavy cream because of the fat content to, to help me with my calories, mm -hmm. but also the no sugar. Right. And so, you know, I don't know how much, how bad it is for them to have cream. I mean, they don't eat it every day, but. I wouldn't think it's bad for them at all. I mean, I think kids naturally correct on this. Most kids, and at least on video, all your kids look like they're very normal weight, normal to lean weight. So they're obviously not binging. <laughs> and I mean, the people gain weight when they eat a lot of sugar with a lot of fat, right? Because then yeah, those yeah. things together combine to be hyper palatable and it's easy to overdo it. But when you're eating a, a lot of fat with just hardly any sugar, um, for most people, the appetite, the satiety kicks in or satiety, however you're supposed to say it, will kick in and they just will just stop. Um, and, you know, my kids will do this where they'll eat a bunch of brie on crackers or I'll do this and I, I don't want to eat anything for five hours. It's extremely filling to eat a big pile of fat and some crackers and a couple vegetables. And I don't want to touch fat for the rest of the day. After that, what I want to eat is an apple or salad, but I'm, I won't be hungry at all for a long stretch. And so that, and that steadying of the blood sugar is very good for your immune system too. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think I'm just either old fashioned that I've never been afraid of fat or salt or and that's how my parents were. They, they've never done any of the crazy things. They've just stuck to eating their eggs and Mm -hmm. you know, eating their butter, eating salt, eating it all. And they're like 83 and 85 now. And mm -hmm. I don't know if it's also a generation with the clean food that they got as kids compared to partly the foods yeah. we've had. They probably, but they probably even grew up eating like liver. And yes. And, and all the, really the, the, the hearts, the chicken hearts, like yeah. All the old school vitamins that God gave us. So Yeah, yeah. And you know, I would I would love it if we bought more like organic sausage to get all the organ meats and you know, it's not something that's in our regular grocery routine. But even regular sausage, um, we we do have eggs from our chickens and our chickens are basically living on bugs and then the, the cat food they steal from the cats. Um so the yolks are very dark. So I know there's a certain amount of vitamin A in that. And so I think, you know, again, it's a cumulative thing because these are nutrients we'll store. So every little bit that your kids can get, you know, if they like eggs, if they like cream, if they like any sausage that you buy, they're, they're able to stock up on those nutrients and it can make them more resilient. 
So I have a question. When you mentioned the cream and all of that, um, can that inhibit the absorption of iron? So I used to, I made a pile of chicken liver pate months ago now, and then I froze it into little ice cubes and I would pull it out every few mm -hmm. weeks. And Joseph, at the time, he was younger than a year. I haven't made it in the last few months. He would <laughs> eat so much pate. It was amazing. I liked it too. It was pretty good, I have to say. Um, but I've heard that eating a lot of dairy can inhibit the iron. And I'm wondering if I'm low in iron for that reason. So that's... Yeah, it, can, it definitely can. Um, so, um, well, a couple different mechanisms, which... I mean, and I'm, again, I'm probably grossly oversimplifying it, but it makes it more memorable. For one thing, dairy foods are just filling, especially if you get the full fat versions. So appetite-wise, you might not be looking for more calories because you're getting enough calories, but a lot of it's from dairy. And then it contains calcium, which is, you know, kind of competing for with iron. And so you simply won't have the appetite to go eat a bunch of iron foods in many cases if you've had a bunch of dairy foods for the day you'll be full well then... unless it's steak i can always do unless it's steak <laughs> yeah right most of us will prioritize steak so but also most people don't eat steak every day because they don't want to spend that much on their groceries unless they're just totally committed this, to groceries this is also true. yes yes and so if you're a regular homeschool family and your default protein is chicken that's not very exciting and then you have a lot of interesting dairy foods. I think it ends up being very easy to eat more dairy. But the cream, I don't know how much calcium even makes it into the cream. I thought more of the calcium ends up in the yogurt. And the cream was more of the fat-soluble vitamins and just the fat. Um, so there's still this, the question of being filled, filled up on the creamy things. And um, so in terms of Joseph, what I've heard and I've read and seen with my own kids is that when you have a six or seven or eight month old kid and they start eating food, they often love iron foods. My kids loved cooked egg yolk, just loved it, unbelievably loved it. And they would suck on meat. And then once they kind of restock their iron because their prenatal iron stores tend to be kind of depleted by about six to eight months. Once they restock their iron, they weren't so desperate and they weren't so in love with egg yolks after a few months. And then they kind of moved on to a different variety of foods. But, um, but yeah, if you're, if you're nursing him and, you know, you're, if your cycle's back and you might get pregnant again, you'll definitely want to stock up on your iron. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. That's a good reminder. It doesn't have to be um, steak. Even zinc. So if you like the canned oysters and you're going to put those on crackers or something, that is super, super nutritious and shelf stable and convenient. Um, or if you like sausage and you get a healthy kind of sausage, it, it has all those organ meats in it too. It may or may not be cheaper than steak, depending on the price of things where you are. But you'll want a variety of iron foods to incorporate to fill yourself up with um, if you're going to cut out some of the dairy to try to stock up on your iron better. Thanks, Jen. That's helpful.
Yeah. Okay, good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Does anybody else have any particular things you're trying to troubleshoot with your kids in terms of immunity? Does anybody have one or two kids that seem to get sick more often? Or any theories about why it's happening? And we had one kid that we eventually figured out it was a, a gluten intolerance, but not celiac, but we're just keeping off gluten and that, that settled her immune system down a lot to the point where she basically doesn't get sick anymore. I, I definitely, um, Cecil is more, more prone to the, you know, strep throat, ear kind of sinus uh, issues. Um, but I, I never, would, would you think any of your daughter's problems were in that category as far as like when you took away gluten or? My, um, so I don't know, you know, with my youngest, she, if she had like a stuffy head all the time, my oldest one had a stuffy head a lot. And I, I didn't give her a ton of dairy, but I didn't completely exclude it from her diet either when she was a kid. And then as she got older and she had a stuffy head a fair bit, I'd say, you know, you cut out the dairy. And then when she got old enough that her skin got touchy from the dairy, then she started to care enough to cut it out. And um, when I was a kid though, and I ate a fair bit of dairy because mom's food wasn't super exciting. So we just kind of drink milk at each meal. You'd have one serving and just drink milk to finish filling up instead of having a second serving of dinner. Cause most of the time we're like, no, yeah, whatever. I'll just have some milk. Um, so I was definitely having more dairy than I was really processing. The other thing that I noticed when I was about Cecil's age is when I, I wasn't very physically active during the winters and I would get sore throats and head colds and sinus infections really, really frequently during the winters. The first winter I went skiing each week, I didn't get sick the whole eight weeks of the ski program. Just that one workout a week made a difference, even though I was in the cold. And so um, if we'd figured that out sooner, I mean, if I'd just gone to the gym a couple times a week and just gotten my heart rate up and kind of warmed myself up, you know, gotten an hour of cardio, I think that probably would have helped my immune system a lot in the winter. The other thing about the East Coast, though, is it's a lot damper and wetter. And even here in California, I don't normally get, you know, sore throats and head stuffy head stuff the same way. But when it gets very damp, I'll start to feel a little bit of that. Um, so I don't really eat dairy much as an adult. That's a big factor. And then um, I have those cough drops, those orange cough drops on the Amazon list that seem to kill any kind of sore throat. And then um, <clears throat> I have, yeah, these, these doTERRA breathe ones. They are taste like cinnamon and cloves and orange peel and they're pretty strong and they'll, they just totally seem to nail a sore throat. Um, if you think it's actually funny because on guard, like usually if you, I would either diffuse it or yeah. put it on the bottom of their feet. Oh yeah. Yeah. That works my, too. Yep. But if you, you could probably tolerate sucking on one of these to not have a sore throat. Shoot. They're pretty strong. The first time I had yeah. one, I, I could not get through the entire drop. Now I'm oh, used yeah. to 
kids are used to it, but it's a very strong clove orange peel. It's it's intense. This girl from Germany said it it reminded her of Germany during Christmas with all the, the spices in it. But she had no problem crunching it first time she had, but a lot of the other kids in this group I taught were like, whoa. Um, but that's helped a lot for me when I do tend to, when I do get sore throats occasionally now, gargling with salt water. Um, you know, I might, I might use hard alcohol sometimes if I, if I was going to, you know, gargle with that. Um, try that if you want to, yeah. <laughs> and a teenager, maybe it'll work. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I mean, you could, if it's a sinus thing, you yeah, the, the N-acetylcysteine. Um, if you want to just boost her immune system generally, you could have her take like the liver capsules, you know, ease into it, start with one a day, then go to two a day, like the next week. But if she doesn't mind swallowing pills, you could use that as more of a long-term immune booster. And she is growing. She's got her period probably. So it's not going to hurt her to get more iron and vitamin A and choline and all of that while she finishes growing. That's true. Like her and I both run borderline anemic if if we don't eat enough red meat. Yeah, I definitely found that to be the case for me. I don't know why we don't really skimp on the red meat, but I we also don't eat steak every night um, because the way we like to cook it is kind of a production. And um, yeah, I make um, uh, something. It's called cloud bread. That it it's made with just eggs and cream cheese. So oh. all it is. It, it's it's like a keto type bread. Yeah, like yeah. Keto people, but I started eating it because I couldn't tolerate grains of really mm-hmm. any sort, break them down. But you just get a eight ounce bar of cream cheese, eight eggs. You put the egg yolks with the cream cheese and blend mm-hmm. it. In another bowl, you take the eight egg whites and whip it. Oh. And then you just take a cookie sheet. I put parchment paper, brush it with some olive oil. I then blend just kind of folding into the, the egg whites, mm-hmm. yolk and cream cheese mixture, um, trying not to stir it basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep folding it until it, it blends enough. Then you just spread it on the cookie sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll sprinkle like a little bit of salt or flavored salts across the top and mm-hmm. bake it in the oven for about 15 minutes or so on 300. Mm-hmm. Some ovens it might be 20 minutes. Um, and then you just slice it and they, they love to eat it. They you could take it right out of the fridge. Yeah. Um, and throw it in the toaster. That and reminds me of course they love to put more butter on it. Snack, but yeah. um, it's definitely um, a food like something to throw in that you know that they're not looking for chips all the time. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's filling and it's it's much closer to real food. Yes. It rem- my mother-in-law makes something like that that she calls focaccia. It's like a keto. And I think it has a little bit of almond flour, coconut flour as a binder, but it's a similar yes. to what you're describing. Yeah. It's really good. She puts in some herbs and it, it very much feels like you're eating a, a nice rich focaccia bread. And we do put extra butter on it. And yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I'm and sorry because some people like don't eat any dairy, and I understand they might have sensitivities or yeah, but dairy is like a unfortunately a major food group for me. Um, yeah, because it's because it's not it's not just because I can't I can't yeah. eat root vegetables, I yeah. I can't eat potatoes, I can't yeah I can't eat a lot of things, but you know we'll you're see. dying for a piece of bread. Yeah, I can actually yeah. make a sandwich on it. As if it is bread, also. Yeah. Cecil, her skin looks clear on Zoom, so it doesn't seem like she has a dairy intolerance that she, way. She doesn't have a dairy intolerance, but I do tell her, like, this summer she was loving to drink a glass of milk every morning mm -hmm. um, and drinking milk at lunch. And I was saying, because her face was, you know, gets those little, kind of like the sweat breakouts. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's going, like, around her nose mm -hmm. but I said you should just reduce the amount of milk you're drinking or just don't drink the milk yeah exactly like exactly. I think she's less so a sensitivity to acne I, I yeah. really think it's the the sugars in the milk yeah yeah and I think it depends on the person what which part of it's triggering the the sensitivity but at least yeah if if you she can cut out milk and just she'll be hungry for other foods too, right? If you already know that she doesn't absorb iron great, if she seems to take after you, then the milk is gonna fill her up. And then what she really needs is eggs and sausage for breakfast to try to get as much iron as she can from her diet and then maybe still supplement on top of that if she's just not a great absorber. Um, yeah, well, I have the, the, the MTHF issue. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a good absorber. Mm -hmm. I just don't know if it's it's okay. Like I have the the seeking health lozenges for that. I just don't know if it's a good idea to give it to a 13 year old and for iron. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't see why not. I don't see why not. The only the only question is just you know is it is she going to tolerate it from a digestive perspective? You know maybe give it to her with food or right after food. And I know Sarah said she has kind of a limited tolerance for iron supplements, even though she can eat iron foods and it's fine. And so that would be the thing to kind of just test out. But I actually yeah. think a lot of 13 year old girls should be taking iron. When I think about myself at 13, I yeah. almost certainly should have been taking iron every day. Yeah. Um, I think um, I, I like after giving birth, I always like to take Floridix. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it was non-constipating, but I don't, do you, does anyone know, and I know maybe you can't give a definite yes or no, but I know it's like kids were 18, you'd be like, sure, just take this. Uh, but with certain supplements, like um, in, a, in a 13 year old, uh, 13 to 18 window, it's like a tricky window because so much is happening in the body. So I'm nervous to be like, we'll try a little. You well, know. I would be nervous to, I mean, well, even as an adult, I would not take single supplements. I don't like taking single supplements most of the time, unless it's solving a very specific problem. So like I would take just potassium or just magnesium very much. I'm going to take a combo uh -huh. food-based supplement, but I think precisely because 13 to 18 year olds are growing so rapidly and they're 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 trying to store so many minerals in their bones that are going to be like an insurance policy for them later when they pull late nights in college or 
don't eat yeah. enough for a week. Um, I think there's all sorts of reasons to give them like whole food supplements or a good balanced multivitamin if they're willing to take it and you can kind of maintain that habit. I don't see any reason not to. And, you know, to the extent that my girls are willing, I give it to them. And I just tell them, you know, you need a lot of iron right now. The odds are you're not going to get quite enough from your diet. And then people vary a lot in how well they absorb it. And so um, I'm encouraging them to eat all the protein foods I can. Every kind of protein they like. We rotate proteins. My husband's a very good sport about buying different proteins for them. And salami and sausage and ham and bacon and just everything to kind of keep it interesting. And then, but, and on top of that, I'll, if they're not feeling that great, if they don't, don't feel like they have that much get up and go, or if their skin's breaking out, so, okay, let's talk about some multivitamins, um, or you're getting sick a lot, or, oh, you want your hair to be thicker. Well, you know, we can, a multivitamin will help with that. There's a blood builder by mega food and they make minis. Um, so they're not very big to swallow. And uh, I think with the minis, you take two or three a day. So that would be um, that would be a really easy way to kind of titrate up if you don't want to just start around a full adult supplement. But you could give her one or two minis a day instead of whatever the full adult dose is. Um, but, or also if she just likes very nutrient-dense food, if she likes pate, you know, like what Irene said, I, I wish she did. I, yeah, I would it. Yeah. Um, or if she likes, if she likes tuna or sardines or oysters or any of those really nutrient dense foods, or if you can find a particular kind of sausage that she really enjoys, and you know, um, since you're since you're homeschooling, you can make you can make sausage and potatoes for breakfast for lunch instead of uh, a sandwich. You know, if you've got the time, you just put it in the oven, roast everything. You know. 30, 40 minutes before lunchtime. If you have that, if you have the capacity in your schedule to make an extra nutritious breakfast or lunch because of the the time, the time luxury, theoretically with homeschooling, then that's another way to get extra nutrients in them. Um, but yeah, I I, don't, I would just for my thirteen year olds, especially with girls, she's basically the size she's going to be as an adult. And there's so much nutrients that your body would like to absorb and lay down and store if possible that I would give my 13 year old um, regular adult doses of supplements if she were interested. And for a lot of the nutrients, the indications are that a growing kid needs more, especially something like iron. There's some things like B vitamins where older people need more because we don't make it as well right, or we don't absorb it as well. Um, but she's just going to pee out any extra B, B vitamins. It's not like you're going to suddenly overdose on that. Yeah, that's helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the blood builders are pretty, it seems to be like the pill version of a Floridix where it's, you know, it's gentle. It includes some herbs to make it more digestible. It's not like just taking a little iron pill. Although plenty of people tolerate the regular iron pills fine too. But if you just want to be really conservative, then Floridix or one of these combo supplements where it's got the other herbs can be really helpful. So does anybody else have any questions or thoughts that you guys want to share? I missed the beginning, uh, but I take it you guys really covered um, iron and 
that you were creating a list. Yeah, we were going off that Amazon list. So I'll share the Amazon list when I send out the recording for this later today. Okay. And um, and then you'll be able to like kind of listen to what we talked about in, the, okay. in our description of how we use it and hear Sarah's tips too for what she does. So thanks. Yeah. Okay, thanks for coming, everybody. Good luck with your kids. All right, thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks, Jen. Yeah, thanks for coming, Sarah. Thanks for your tips, paper towels especially. <laughs>